Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I real I was, like, thinking about it beforehand. Like, do I say Mr. Dante or do oh, I no. be so Joe, Joe will be fine. I think of you every time I walk by that building on... Um, I think it's on uh, Willoughby, or or maybe it's on Waring. Yeah, it is on but, Willoughby. Right. <laughs> it, it, it used to be, uh, um, that used to be the home, that building of uh, Howard Hughes's inside. Yes. He used to, to keep his jars of yeah. urine and all that, and, and it was it was his warehouse. You know, for years. It has a colorful history. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was, Do I want to know why you think of her well, every time? Well, because it's, it's in Starry Eyes. And it, 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 oh, yeah, oh, it's oh, used, oh, used <laughs> as, the, as the, 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 the way to get into wherever it is that the auditions are. I don't, I'm sure it wasn't shot in <laughs> it. But all the exteriors are there, and it's and it's the same shot. The camera's always in the same place. And the camera's yes. Just, just, it's like like, we got to shoot this quick before they find out we're shooting. Yeah. It has been uh, several years since I saw it. I had forgotten that. It's um, a good movie. We should hype uh, it. Yeah, no, it's a terrific film. Uh, yeah, well, Alex, hey, hi, how are you? Hi, dude, it's so good to see you. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been forever, while. yeah. Good Lord, I don't want to think about how long. I know, it's crazy. Well, <laughs> how do you, how I mean, do you two know each other? We met at a dinner. Yes. And we were seated next to each other. And... And then we started talking about movies and I was like, was not expecting to meet someone who knew anything about movies at this dinner. A dinner full of Hollywood <laughs> yeah. movies people, I should point out. Yeah. Which, right. by the way, is a reasonable assumption to make going into a dinner yeah. full of Hollywood movies Oh, absolutely, movie people. yeah. That's executives. Oh my God. And I think we, we started talking about like, Kiss Me Deadly or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was That's like, right. oh, oh nice. my God, good, good memory. Yeah. Um, and then... Oh my god! I think maybe the last time I saw you was it was it Beyond the Black Rainbow? Oh my god, that's probably yeah, that's right. We was went to see that at uh, the late lamented Cine family. Yeah. Um, yes, very much. Yes, and yeah, you know, cut awful. to a few years later, and now um, uh, the director of that film has gone on to make another movie. Do you know that, Joe? Did you know that the guy who made um, Beyond the Black oh, Rainbow? Oh, Mandy! Yeah, Mandy I Rainbow? love Mandy. <laughs> I was all of I love Beyond the Black. But Rainbow. you're you're not alone about Mandy because <laughs> it's, sorry it's, you fell into my trap. It's his oh, mantra. Yeah. <laughs> it, we, it, it's, it's his stated aim to not do a single episode without mentioning Mandy. Oh, <laughs> I can talk about that movie all day. We should, maybe we should just do a Mandy podcast. Um, I would be so happy. Would you mind, Joe, oh. if we just sort of segued into just? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't have to say anything. Um, <laughs> I actually, Panos Cosmatos lives in Vancouver mm -hmm. and we have a mutual friend and I met him and he's like such a cool dude. Yeah. Well, we, we, I stalked him and got him on the show. So. Oh my God. <laughs> I have to watch that one. He's so, uh, and he gave me this, like this cassette tape of, uh, the, the, um, oh God, what is the secret, uh, secret of the serpent's eye. Oh, okay. Uh, which is oh. awesome. And yeah, because they're doing a whole forever. album now of songs from yeah. that. The, yeah, very so cool. Very strange. Don't don't get me wrong. Joe Joe enjoyed the film, but I think he finds my. Uh, but I'm but I'm not on the payroll like he is. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't get money every time I mention it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? You would, you would be oh, rolling in dough. Be rolling in dough. <laughs> rolling in there is there is a drinking game our listeners play. Apparently, it's based on uh, I don't remember how many shots you take if I bring it up, but you do twice as many shots if the guests bring it up. So, oh, fantastic! But, um, well, yes. So you sorted it. You fell into my trap. Yeah. Exactly. This is the movies that made me with your hosts Josh Olson and Joe Dante. But shall we shall we uh, shall we introduce our guest, Joe? Well, I think it's long overdue. <laughs> it probably is. Um, now we're here with with Alex Esso, who is a uh, wonderful wonderful actress. Who um, you. Uh, you you may recall from a fantastic indie film called Starry Eyes, who has been um, appearing in some 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 big movies lately. Uh, you recently uh, essayed a role, shall we say, created by the great Shelley Duvall. Is that fair to say? I, that's completely true. She plays Wendy Torrance in Dr. Sleep. Um, you're, you're in his new one too, right? Uh, are you guys shooting or what's the. We are. Well, I'm in, I'm in Bly Manor, uh-huh. which is the second in the haunting series. I'm in like two episodes of that. Uh, and then in this new one, Midnight Mass, I have like a, you know, full season arc, which is Fantastic. very exciting. Nice. Where are you, where are you shooting those in uh, Vancouver? In Vancouver, yeah. And then people are allowed to like their homes there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm staying inside my house. It's like a chemical soup in the atmosphere right now. Every day there's like an air quality warning, like very high health risk. It's crazy. Well, that's from us, right? That's, that's, well, it's from, it's gone all the way to Europe. Portland, but the ones in, the ones in uh, Oregon were started by like four arsonists there. Apparently, and then it spread up to Washington, and and now here in Vancouver, someone set a, a timber wharf on fire in New Westminster. <laughs> like it's insane. It's crazy. I ordered the most expensive air purifier I could find. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking chances. I'm sure it's deductible. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but you're also uh, you have a significant part in uh, um, Death of Me, which. Uh, will will be out when this episode um, drops, directed by our friend Darren Bowsman. Uh, but um, yeah, well, anyway, thanks. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, braving braving the terrible weather. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, coming all the way down here. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> uh, tell tell Joe. Uh, we we never tell Joe what we're doing. It's like he just sort of walks in cold. But you oh, you were really cool kind of theme to tie your list of movies together, and I didn't want to spoil it. So why don't oh, you nice. tell folks? Okay, so I I picked uh, the sort of broader uh, theme of dreams, a dream mm. theme, if you will, because uh, I think there's there's. A lot of different directions you can go with that, which I'm yes. very excited to do. Yes, and I mean when you consider cinema is a dream. Exactly. Well, <laughs> exactly, and and dream in what context necessarily? Mm. So you know. it can be anything. Yes, this, the waking be, dream. You could be suckering us. This could be nothing but your favorite Care Bear movies. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know for a fact we've already sort of established you are like a, a big a big movie person. So um, you're 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 oh, not well. one of those people who sort of accidentally fell into a business you have no affinity for. <clears throat> which is which yeah, is nice. I'm always very surprised when I encounter people in the movie industry who don't necessarily watch movies, um, especially if those people are actors, because mm -hmm. those are supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to know about this stuff. Like, I, I tend to feel like that, you know, when, when it's writers and directors, it's a bigger problem because. Uh, oh, absolutely. But, for sure. Because not, yeah. not to boil it all down to its stupidest essence, but like you could pretend to be another person without having seen Casablanca. But. Right. Yeah, exactly. There are some, there is some room for generalization and there, yeah. there is, it's noticeable, I think. Yeah. And I've, I've always been astonished back, back when, um, uh, you're younger than me. So I don't know if you remember this, but we used to go to movie theaters with groups of people to see films. Yeah. Um, and there were sometimes movie theaters that would show, do you remember these Joe, they would show older movies. Yeah. Revival houses. Revival, I think that's what they were called. Yeah. And um it, it always astonished me when I got to LA that sometimes you go to a screening of, especially if it was something that was kind of obscure and hard to find, mm -hmm. um, that you'd go and there would be, you know, five other people in the audience. And you yeah. know, to me, there's always sort of a high road and a low road. And I try to keep one foot in both at the same time. And the high road is, you know, yeah. I'm informing myself and edifying myself as a lover of cinema. And the low road is I'm always looking for good material I can steal that no one will know I yeah. stole. <laughs> and it just seems so odd to me that, uh, yes. you know, if you totally. were a filmmaker, you would spend, seems to me you would spend more time looking at Those stuff. Those theaters like, used right. to be a little more full in the 70s. Uh, yeah, I guess, true. yeah, exactly. You know, I, there was a huge culture of uh, old movies. And of course, you know, all the, all the prints were here and all the studios were here. And there were, right. a lot of, there were actually, you know, five or six different theaters around town, plus the museum. That used yeah. to run old movies, and um, and then around the around the beginning of the nineties, that's just started to fade away. And I think it had something to do with home video. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. It's definitely come back though to some extent. I mean, that was a nice thing about Cinefamily, yeah. or New Beverly, or you know, the American Cinematheque. Those places are. I heard that um, Cinefamily was being uh, reinvigorated. It's 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 closed, I think, right now. But it was yeah. picked up by uh, another outfit, which I can't remember. It's got a different name now. Okay. Um, last time I went by, it was closed, but um, but I think it had been open, and then they just closed for the pandemic. Oh, fantastic! I, ha I haven't been back to LA in such a long time. Feels so no, It's 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 the air is very bad. Don't come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I hear that. Oh my god. Um, well, why don't we jump in, Alex? You want to just okay. start with the first? Tell us what it is. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, is it? Yeah, the oldest film on my list. Perfect. One of my favorites, a wonderful uh, contribution to French cinema, and I think cinema in general. Uh, it's a movie from 1937 called Un Carnet de Bal by uh, Julien de Vivier. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, it has one of my, one of my favorite dream sequences, um, maybe ever. It's, a, it's about this, this woman who's newly widowed and she spends the movie, it's done in sort of a series of vignettes, uh, thinking back to this dance that she was at when she was 16 and, and what a pivotal 
time in that life, time in her life that was. And the men, the different men that she danced with, and she kind of, the, the movie is about thinking that she's wasted her life being married to uh, her husband who's recently passed. And so she kind of goes to explore to see what has become of these men. And, you know, some of their outcomes are very tragic and, and some not quite as doomed, but the acting is, is spectacular. And, and the dream sequence in particular is done with so much kind of tenderness and restraint. It's, there's not a lot of setups. There's not a lot of lighting tricks or it's not, it's not something like Spellbound where there's these incredible sets and, and dolly imagery and stuff like that. It's very reserved, but it makes it feel very human and, and it kind of punctuates the, the tragedy of the film, the passage of time, the, the sorrow of hindsight, uh, and so on. So that was my, that's my first choice. And what, sorry, I, Joe, you know this film? I'm, I'm oh, sure. And Conat the Ball, it's, a, it's very well known. Uh, Davivia, you know, had a, 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 an American career when the war happened. He, he came to America. Yes. He did yeah. a bunch of pictures. Uh, my favorite of which is Tales of Manhattan, which is the story oh. of a waistcoat. Uh, yes. It's a bunch of vignettes and what happens to the waistcoat and all these different people that it, uh, it ends up um, changing the lives of. And, uh, and they're all, they're all, all the stories are pretty good. Uh, and um, he, was a, he had a real, a real, Poetic touch. Uh, mm -hmm. He was never was well known as Jean Renoir or anybody like that. But no, I was gonna say I'm I'm oblivious to him. Um, oh really? Why well, look him up? Yeah, I think wow. yeah it's on the Criterion he, Channel. Did, he did some movies that uh, that are really definitely worth checking out. Really, yeah, and and the sort of vignette style of storytelling is very mm -hmm. much his calling card. Yeah. Um. And 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 a light touch, as you said, I, I which is what I love about him. I mean, he was doing this when you know. Godard and, and Truffaut were babes yeah, in yeah. their cribs. You know, it's it's interesting to see the way in which both he and like Cassavetes, I think, influenced that whole French New Wave mm. kind of scene. Do you do you uh, remember where you first saw it? Yes, uh, I saw it in two thousand and seven. Um, yeah, it was when I had moved to, was it? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, that was when I moved to Vancouver and where I was living, you know, they got the Turner Classic Movie Channel. And mm. so I just watched that 24 hours. Oh, wow. So on TV. Wow. Fantastic. Pretty much for, yeah, for like the whole time that I lived in Vancouver. Right. So, and Vancouver actually has a really great um, kind of art house cinema here as well. They did some, they do some really nice, um, they just finished an Agnes Varda retrospective and, and there was one summer that they did like a summer of love, like all of these kind of hippie 60s movies like Alice B. Topeless and stuff like that. It was really fun. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, what's next? All right, so next I have um, from 1973. Uh, this is a more well-known movie, but it's one of my favorites and I love Steve McQueen, uh, written by Dalton Trumbo and directed by Franklin S. Schnaffer. 
that movie called Papillon. Papillon, yes. Yes. Love that movie. Yeah. It's yeah. so special. The dream sequence in that is is so fantastic and, and again so feels like a, a realistic dream. Uh, which is not easy to do. Um I wasn't I wasn't gonna pick Rosemary's baby just because I figure everyone has seen that a, a bunch of times. Also, but is that a dream? Is no, it well? No, no. It, it does Rosemary's does have one of the great one of the great dream sequences. I mean, the one with the one with Jack Kennedy on his yacht. Yeah, it's it's, it's so brilliant. Yeah, it, it was really just one of the best dream sequences, yeah. on, and so practical. I mean, there's nothing fancy it's about it. Tricky, what yeah. makes it so realistic? Yeah, it was so. But um, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's. And why what's I like. can you describe the the scene in Pampion or or okay? So it's. Basically, he's he's a returning war hero, and there's a parade in his honor, and you know he's being celebrated, and he's back home, and everything's okay, and then suddenly everything is gone, and he's by himself, um, running down the street. Uh, and then what happens next? Do you wake up after that? I'm trying to remember what happens after that. But it's kind of it's, it's it's one of those dreams that sort of leaves you just that that moment of oh life's good this is yeah this is my life this is anything. and then that slow dawning horrifying realization that no yeah you're gonna wake up in your life in a minute and it's horrible right exactly it's it's but the the movie very much feels that way too like even his escape there's something about it that yeah, feels yeah. almost unreal but it is only. Like it's it's supposed to be based on this guy uh, Henry Charest, something yeah. like that, and it's, it is how it's partly fictional because yeah. you know a lot of people think he was probably lying about a lot of that stuff. But it makes for great cinema, so who cares? Yeah. Did either of you ever see the remake? Yeah. Okay. What's next on your list? The, uh... Well, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, okay. So. Going now to 1974, uh, another dream sequence I love in a, in a movie that I love. Uh, one of my favorites by this director, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, is a movie called The Conversation. Oh. Starring oh. Gene Hackman. So. You know, I'm a child. My dad's taking me to these wildly inappropriate movies. I'll let you <laughs> describe it, but that, no. that, 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 I, that fucked me up. That and the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. The most horrifying images yes, of my that was traumatic childhood. But oh my god, I mean the conversation is just so mature thematically. Yeah, that would I be know, scary insane. for a kid. The like, toilet, right? You're gonna Oh my god. Well tell, and, tell, and it's them, a, tell them. Oh <laughs> so the tone, the, I mean, this is so uh it's about the, this guy who specializes in you know security and and spying and monitoring people and he gets hired by companies to do certain tasks and gather information all of this and and uh because of this he himself is an extraordinarily paranoid person because he's aware of all the possible ways there are to spy on someone um he has a girlfriend shall we say uh played by terry gar who is the most charming uh, she's so lovely in this movie she's so in every movie. 
sweet. I mean, every movie, but this is like, oh my God, she just, she really loves him, even though she knows it's not really a healthy thing that he keeps her locked up all the time. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, he gets hired to do this job and he starts to suspect that there's like this kind of henchman dude played by Harrison Ford, who you kind of suspect is the one pulling the strings or one of the guys. Right. Um, but uh but yeah anyway so he starts to become very suspicious and he starts to do his own digging into it and it becomes this kind of cat and mouse thing in the dream sequence is him trying to warn someone that he supposes is an intended victim of this plot he's uncovering uh and it's so it's so good it really conveys that that helpless feeling that you have in dreams you know when you can't run or you feel like you're underwater, like you try to punch something and it's just like, like your fist is made of tissue. That's yeah, it's just, just amazing atmosphere and the sort of the yeah, wind like blowing. Yeah, like that's feeling I get, that anxiety yeah. watching that. And, and, and to see how, like how, what a precursor that is to his total unraveling as a person. It, it's so fantastic and it's beautifully shot too. Yeah. There's just that moment when, when there's just he's flushing a toilet and blood is coming out of it. Oh that, my that's, God. It just haunts my it's nightmares so, to this day. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's, yeah, it's so well-placed. There, there's really something about well-placed blood. Yeah. And so how, how old were you when your parents forced you to watch this blood I, the toilet? I, I was a kid. I mean, I was, I was a child, you know, oh my, my, my it was just, you know, every other weekend, my old man would just take me to the movies and sometimes it would be, you know, something that was age appropriate. And sometimes it would be, you know, the conversation or McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Oh my, um, oh my God. Um, no. Yeah. I saw Nashville about eight times as a child. And, uh, wow. I mean, I love it now. I, I, but I've said this on the show before. I mean, one, I, of the, one of the things that was interesting about these films was that it gave me this sense that, that there's something to aspire to. I'm sitting yes. in a room. There's all these people who I who are grown up, you know, and I'm still at the age where I think that's a good thing to be. <laughs> I'm going, wow, someday I'll understand what the hell's going on. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh God, tell me about and it. And the tragedy of it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someday I'll do a podcast. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, that movie is just absolutely amazing. And there's something about the the fact that it's also it's it's so uh, almost anti-dramatic during during most of the film. Yes, it's so exactly. kind of prosaic in the way it goes about things, and it's not a movie where you expect to wake up inside somebody's dream. No, no, not at all. It, it, it's, I mean, you you do start to feel paranoid even watching it. Like it's mm -hmm. so, it becomes so palpable. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Gene Hackman's just and that that character would just completely lose his mind in the world today. Oh, I love that scene with him and the prostitute when he's mm -hmm. like posing that hypothetical situation to her. Yeah, like, would she go back <laughs> to that yeah. guy? Oh, yes. just think about how many people are watching us right now via our Zoom cameras. Anyway, what's next on your? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, next, uh, very excited about this one. This has some wonderful dream and dream-like sequences in it. Uh, a little film from 1980, 
uh, based on a book by William Peter Blatty, who also directed this film. It's called The Ninth Configuration, and it is... Mwah. What's its other title, Joe? Uh, the other title was, uh, I was testing oh, Joe. really weird. Joe, Joe knows everything. I just want to say he used to know everything. Um, <laughs> Uh, twinkle, 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 killer twinkle, cane. killer cane. That's killer cane, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, yeah. No, go I wonder, off. I wonder I wanna... why they changed that title. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I don't think we've ever totally. talked about that on on the show. I I love that movie. Yeah, go. What? what um, where did you see it? Uh this this was a movie that I saw, um, at a cinema in Toronto when I used to live there. Um. I want to say, uh, the name escapes me, but uh, I was trying to remember which theater it was. Um, it was like a retrospective kind of. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They, they, it was just one of like a double feature they were doing. And yeah. all I knew was it was the, the guy who wrote The Exorcist, which I had right. seen. And that dream sequence gave me nightmares. So I was like, all right, let's see what this is all about. Um, but this actually, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot more humor to this. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's he was very, hilarious guy. Yeah. It is. There's like, like witty quips, but there's also slapstick and the gags and, and Scott Wilson is, is fantastic in it. Yeah. Um, his, his dream is why I chose this movie, you know, his, his, deep, deep fear of dying alone is like why he didn't want to go into space. And, and again, it's one of those things that really grips you. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, Stacy Keach's sort of dream visions, flashbacks because of his PTSD. Um, also very disturbing the way he, he sees, you know, the face of his victim around and, and 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 the fact that he is there to oversee the the treatment of soldiers who are insane or right. or suffering from you know mental illness and and which ones are faking it to get out of to get out of fighting with you that weird um god where where uh i mean it's shot in germany or something and it's meant to yeah. be a, a soldier's hospital, veteran's hospital. Yeah. Um, the implicate, well, of course, yeah, it is, it is implied that it's in America because, first of all, they're American soldiers. And there's a scene later where he goes into town and there's just a bunch of bikers there. Right. But, but you know, it really looks like Germany. It's like Bavarian castle. And yeah. It's always misty. I mean, the whole film has a kind of dreamlike quality to it. It absolutely does, yeah. and and the the characters, the actors, uh, Jason Miller, so funny in it, um, and uh, Ed Flanders, and and it's interesting because I feel like, and I know that this is also based on a book, but I feel like this is very much a precursor to something like Shutter Island. Like it must mm. have completely. Mm. I, I don't believe that this wasn't an influence on that. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes, you know, that makes the idea sense. of like, we're going to let this unstable person run things as maybe, a way. Maybe. But, but this was, hey, like, it happens. there's so much more. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Joe. Um, 
it's uh, based on his own book. It should be. Should be. Yeah, based on his own book, exactly. Yeah. Which is so cool. I mean, and he did that with Exorcist Three as well, which has another fantastic dream sequence in it. Like oh. this guy really understands the dissociativeness, yeah. but at the same time, creepy realness of dreams. Well, that's so one. Cool. Is that on your list, or are we should can we talk about it now? Is that? Uh, a- I mean, it can be. <laughs> No, I just one of the things I love about the dream sequence in Exorcist Three is the casting. Yes, for no reason whatsoever. And there's a character who's clearly having a dream. Uh, yeah. Patrick Ewing, great basketball player, and Fabio are both yeah. in the film in this crowd, and it's amazing because it's, it's like that's so the kind of ridiculous random garbage that pops up. Right. Yeah, and I've never the seen anything of it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's what makes it so believable. Yeah, no, it's oh, fantastic. So cool. I like well, only those two. I, you've got to be a fan of Blatty as a director, Joe. Yeah. Well, I, you know, he used to write Shirley MacLaine movies. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote Shot in the Dark. I mean, it's. Yeah, which is the best in Inspector Clouseau movie. Mm-hmm. I but, did not realize that. Oh, yeah. But he is, he is for someone from my tribe. Edwards all the time. He's like a superhero to us because he's that screenwriter and novelist who was like, "Eh, let me direct a couple of these. And they're so beautifully directed. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, 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 he he really has a great vision, you know? Yeah. So cool. But but definitely that, yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about Ninth Configuration here, and that is definitely one highly, highly Yeah, it's one for the, and there's some great conversation in the movie and and the, the, you know, the kind of philosophical, like, you know, the existence of God and stuff like that and self-sacrifice. And yes. it's so, it's so piffy. Yeah. <sighs> it's great stuff. Yeah. All right. Moving on to 1988, uh, another movie starring my favorite actress of all time. Um, and another, another dream sequence that it just, Tears me in Twain. Um, it's a movie by Woody Allen called Another Woman, mm. starring Jenna Rollins, and uh, a lesser known, lesser seen Woody Allen. Never, never once mentioned on this podcast. Oh my! It's it's one of my favorite Woody Allen movies, actually. Which is saying something because I almost picked Stardust Memories, right? Mm. Even though it's an homage to Eight and a Half. I just really love the way he almost satirizes it. Like when they try to give him an award and he's like, I would trade it all for one more second of life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to confess something horrible here. I've never actually seen. Um, that was a sort of period where I, I kind of avoided Woody Allen movies when they were overly serious. And slowly I go back and you go, oh, these are actually pretty good. Oh, so wait, 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 so you didn't see Stardust Memories? I've never seen oh, another woman, seen, okay. Yeah, I've never seen another woman. Yes, um, another one. I think what happened was when people saw Interiors, which was his first introspective yeah, they kind wrote of movie, it, off. Uh, it didn't really quite work, and uh, although it's really well acted, um, mm-hmm. and I think they just said, well, you know, this isn't really what he's good at. So maybe we don't want to see any more of these. Right. But he, yeah. he's making them for himself. So he's Play just early like, stuff. okay, fine. I'll just, I'll just make what I want to make. And, you know, cause he, yeah. he was one of those, he was like Kubrick. He's one of those mm-hmm. magical filmmakers who has a mentor and who gets to 
make whatever they want and totally put it out the way they want. And uh, yeah, you know, there's Chaplin Kubrick and not many other people. Who, uh, no, yeah, it's so true. Not a lot of people get to have that much artistic freedom. Yeah. Um, and all, I mean, also Woody Allen was completely in love with Ingmar Bergman and wanted to to test those waters himself. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he loved that mood, and I don't blame him. I mean, why not? Aim high. What's Aspire what's the, the best. So what's the dream scene? What's the uh... so the dream scene? So the movie is about Jenna Rollins. She has just um, become engaged to a man who has left his wife and is now going to be with her and the the plot thickens actually gene hackman is also in this movie uh gene hackman is a friend of theirs and he is desperately in love with her and totally passionate and devoted and wants her to leave him and and her the the ian holm the man that she's married to now and run away with him and just be with him and she says no she you know she's a, a philosophy professor she's She's just turned 50. She's like, no, of course I can't do that. That's ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm going to be with this person now. And so throughout the movie, she meets Mia Farrow, who's, you know, this kind of pregnant stranger who's kind of going through her own little crisis. And it, it spurs something in her that makes her start questioning all of her choices. And her dream sequence is exactly that. It is the choice of, you know, should I have done the impulsive thing over the reasonable thing? And it is so, it really does another one where it's so realistic that it has a surreal feeling about it. And the whole dream is, is put to uh, this Debussy orchestral arrangement of Ginnopédie number one. And it's, I mean, it's, it just punches you right in the gut. There's a scene where Sandy Dennis is also in the film, by the way, and she's wonderful as usual. Um, where she goes to a theater and she sees a play of her her life on the stage. She sees two people acting it out, and then she moves up to the stage and she starts talking, having this conversation with the lover that she denied, that she regrets. And oh my God, I, I must have watched just that exchange uh, like 50 times. I would just keep rewinding it and watching it because it's so beautiful between her and Gene Hackman. Uh, it's, it's a really lovely movie. That was, I think this was the period in, in, in Woody Allen's work where he was, again, like Chaplin, uh, would start a movie, and if he felt he had miscast somebody, he would get rid of them, yeah, uh, and yeah. hire somebody else and, and start over. And I think Gene Hackman replaced somebody. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, Gene Hackman knocked it out of the park. I mean, he, he's wonderful in it. Uh, often, often the case, I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy doesn't uh, have really any misses. Yeah. I usually wait until the shows are over and I'm editing them to do this. But while you were talking, I was, I was ordering the British Blu-ray. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Was, it's, it's, it's was, lovely. There's, there's all these movies you just need. You just need one tiny little push over the edge to sort of jump yeah. and check it out. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What else? Oh, right. So <laughs> moving right along, I kind of got lost in, uh, in a reverie, in movie. a dream. I know, in a, in a dream. <laughs> it's true. So this is actually a movie from my childhood, and it was my favorite movie as a kid. Uh, even before I could really speak, I called it Umbaga Umbaga. Um, <laughs> it was made in 19... Oh, I cannot believe I'm blanking on this. 1940-something? Maybe you guys can tell me. Sure. Uh, but it is a Disney movie called Dumbo. Oh, 1941. Yes. And it is... It's maybe my favorite Disney movie. Yeah, I, I, even as a child, I, I related to it so much. I felt so much. And honestly, even as an adult... That scene where she's rocking him through her jail cell with her trunk still makes me cry. So, like, I might get Misty talking about it. But it also has a fantastic dream sequence uh, that is sort of a a result of a drunken stupor where Dumbo (laughs) gets into, like, this big vat of beer and has never had alcohol before and kind of floats into this crazy, surreal... Oh, right. God, it's just been a thousand years. Just yeah, sequence with yes. these, like, pink elephants that yep. start kind of multiplying, and it gets really intense. And and it was it was a sequence that, as a kid, I found very exhilarating mm. to watch because it, it is, like, very overwhelming and and almost kind of psychedelic. It's a, it's a, it's a great sequence, and it is currently being considered politically incorrect. Oh, no. What, the yes. sequence? Well, first of all, you got the Black Crows, who are already uh, considered politically incorrect. And then you've, yeah. got, and then you've got this dr- Dumbo gets drunk scene. Drunk well, elephants. Let me tell you, there are a lot of guardians of morality who don't want kids watching movies about elephants that get drunk. <laughs> it's just not done. <laughs> Well, first of all, that movie makes getting drunk look terrifying. <laughs> so I don't think anybody's going to want to drink after watching that. But also, like, I, this is kind of my criticism of, of this whole crow thing, is that the, the crows are his friends. They're his only friends in the whole movie. I know, and they're smarter than almost everybody in the and picture, which is so else. often the case when people are complaining about it's, it's been so long like, since I've seen it. I mean, I remember the crows. What about them? They are them? the ones who teach him how they to They teach fly. him how to use the, yeah. They literally help him discover his identity. They are integral to the story, and they are very much heroes. I mean, that's very much the light that they're put in. That's how I thought of it as a kid. I was like, oh, my goodness, thank God he has those wonderful friends who actually seem to care about him. And that's really all I took from it as a kid. Are they, are they, is the idea that they're somehow racist? I haven't seen it in so long. No, they're, they're voiced by black actors and they, and they, they have jargon and and they, they have some jive and stuff, which is all, you know, pretty much uh, common in in the, in the argot at the time. I, I've never found it offensive, but then I'm not black. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, 
But it's all, I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, I, I know this is a slippery slope for a lot of people, but I really think that the spirit in which something is done is worth taking into consideration. I do yeah. think that context matters, and I think mm -hmm. it's dishonest to try and make an argument that it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think the, log, the larger conversation is more sophisticated. Than this, but I'm, but of course, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm not shelling this for the no, sake. No, 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 I'm saying, but I'm saying I'm, I agree with you 100%. And then there's also the thing of like pretty much every movie made before six weeks ago is, well, right. like, you know. And, that, and then there's that whole conversation about historical accuracy, yeah. which is important, whether it's distasteful or not. I mean, yeah. it is so important Absolutely. to look at something in a naked way, objectively and have as as close a relationship with reality as possible yeah and this no was a, this was a perception of the time as much as it is right and of course aren't we are we as a friend of mine said or it's like we're trying to build a world where the people who come after us look back at us and think we're monsters and my one of my concerns with the thing that happens is there's this sort of weird implicit assumption that we have achieved that level and you're like no man 15 years from now 20 years from now people are going to be looking back at you at us and everything and yeah being like oh my god he's savage yeah can you believe yeah that? they still wore trousers back then they had no yeah. idea what <laughs> oh i i was just reading uh reading uh george orwell's the this article he wrote in 1944 on fascism called what is fascism i uh i was out how would you be reading that now i'm <laughs> I was out and about the other day and I saw a great t-shirt uh, line. Uh, it, it, was, it, it said, make Orwell fiction again. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please allow people to be flawed. There's really not a huge uh, threat in that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's pretty much implicit that anybody who's making art is yeah. screwed up and we're going to be seeing. So what's your next non-PC choice? I know, right? I'm sorry. I know Woody Allen and whatever. We 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 stand Woody Allen in this house. She's not content to just cancel herself, Joe. She wants to take us with her. No, no. She already <laughs> mentioned, and she mentioned Polanski already. So I know. I mean, we're, oh my we're god, I'm gonna be so flippant. <laughs> oh jeez. Um, okay, so this isn't. I mean, I guess I will pick one of his movies, but I kind of feel like David Lynch. Could just be one choice. One giant dream sequence. One, I mean, <laughs> it's so hard to differentiate when. Well, I kept wondering when you told me what the topic was. I was like, I mean, obviously, I have to do Lynch, but at the same time, I mean. <laughs> I, you can't get around it. I mean, like, Mulholland Drive is more distinctly a dream, mm -hmm. it is a self induced delusion dream sequence. Um, which I love, and I, I mean, it, it, that movie has my favorite tagline of all time, a story about love in the city of dreams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, what could be more topical? So, yeah. I mean, it should be Lynch in general, but if I had to focus on one, I suppose it would be that one. I think that's but Joe's favorite. It's a pretty, well, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing movie. Yeah. Uh, and it particularly really when is. you realize that it wasn't intended to be what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's it's. it's I, I I talked to him about this once when I met him, and uh, I said I I just said how remarkable I thought it was, and uh, he copped to the fact that um, you know he he wanted to make it a TV series, and it was going to be like Twin Peaks, and it was going to have there are characters who appear uh, you know for one scene, and there were supposed to be large characters, and then of course I, you don't see them again, right? Um, because when they had when they had to reboot the pilot and try to figure out how to make a feature out of it. 
uh, that's when he came up with what I think is one of his most brilliant masterstrokes yeah. of, of how to how to use that footage and repurpose it with new footage with the same actors. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I love Naomi Watts, but I, I don't think I've ever seen her be as good at anything. Oh no, this, this is the jewel in the crown. Well, that's the, Absolutely. I think we've talked about this, haven't we? Where I just think the, you know, is it hubris or the confidence or whatever to write a scene in which you go, and then she goes into an audition and gives the greatest audition you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and she's just going to do that. And she does. And she does. <laughs> it was such I, a bullseye. Let, let me ask you, without putting you on the spot too much, if you got that script, would you be sitting there going, uh, or would you go, oh, yeah, I got this? I, I mean, <laughs> both simultaneously. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I would be terrified, but but well, part of the fun of acting is to use that terror. You right. know, I mean, if you're not afraid, you're not yeah. alive. Yeah, you know? that, that seems just incredible. It's just incredible. It's so, it's so, well, especially when right before that, there's the scene of her workshopping it in the kitchen with Laura Herring. Mm -hmm. And it's like fair. It's yeah, like it's right. a, a real, but it's also so realistic as a middle of the road audition. And it's not even, and it's not even a good scene. That's right, like, exactly. <laughs> and they play it like it's not a very good scene. And it's, it, it's so good. And then, uh, I mean, I remember being a teenager and watching that audition scene and just like, I didn't know that it could be like that. <laughs> it was so, and I've only had that feeling. I had that feeling with like the first time I saw a woman under the influence, that was mm. the only, and that was like, like fireworks in my brain. I mean, Jenna Rollins is, I think maybe the most brilliant actress of all time. I've, there, She's so ready to just go into the abyss. Yeah. yeah. She's so cool. Yeah. So that was like, fantastic. oh shit, that's what acting can be. Damn. So, so Mulholland Falls has your favorite David Lynch dream sequence. No, Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Falls. Mulholland Falls has a lot of nice things. Chaz in it, commentary. I, I do that all the time. And, and it's I, no, I do that too. Oh my God. But yeah, so I'll, I'll go with Mulholland Drive for this because it really like even the the swing dancing in the beginning is almost yeah. like her falling asleep mm -hmm. it's that her going through that tunnel to the to dreamland it's yeah. like oh that song <laughs> oh uh, um um Rondo. that one or? yeah Yorondo. yes by uh, rebecca del rio well, I mean, by Roy Orbison. By Roy Orbison. She's, she's the one yeah. who's saying she it. She just translates and, it and sings it. Her voice. And her singing in the third season of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that whole season was oh. astounding. Oh, it's like the, some of the best television I've episode ever seen. Episode 18. Episode 18. Episode 18 was <laughs> beautiful. It was so great. Oh, my God. And when you actually go into the Black Lodge and you're like, oh my God, thank you so much for showing me this. Like, mm -hmm. Thank you for showing me all this crazy stuff. Yeah. I get to see behind the velvet curtains. It's amazing. Like I said, I've, I've always envied Joe and, and people of, uh, of uh, you know, that, that generation. Sorry, Joe. But, but, you know, you guys got to <laughs> walk that? into it. What's that you say? <laughs> but, you know, you, you people who are like, oh, I'm going to buy a ticket and watch this new Stanley Kubrick space movie, you know, and got to see 2001 just cold naked, oh, you know, um, and, and episode eight of Twin Peaks season three is like, yeah. I remember sitting there going, 
this is this must be what it felt like. Because <laughs> yeah. as weird as the show's been, I I've now been conditioned. I understand what to expect. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh my Just, god. Well, this is him with like no reins yes. at all. Yes. You do know, you like do. the DVD extras on there of oh. him directing. Yeah, yeah. I have to struggle every time it comes up to avoid like just sitting down and watching the whole thing all over again. I know. It's so true. It's so true. Well, the time suck. <laughs> so yeah. I have a reasonable excuse to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. I've got some time on our hands. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So what follows David Lynch? Is it so after Can you? How do you follow David Lynch? <laughs> I well, I mean, actually, I'm gonna go in a totally different direction. I'm gonna go with a comedy. Uh, another hilarious dream sequence set to a fantastic Kenny Rogers song, uh, all from a little movie from 1992 called The Big Lebowski. Oh, God. By the Coen brothers. (laughs) Still one of the most quoted movies in my life. And every time I watch it, I have a new favorite. Mm -hmm. Like my current is uh say what you will about national socialism but at least it's an ethos, at least it's an ethos. <laughs> <laughs> yes nothing's worse than a nihilist yes oh god it's so no donnie these men are cowards <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. but uh but yeah so there, there's this awesome uh song uh uh what condition Check my in to see what my, what condition, condition my condition was it yeah and it's it's so off the wall it's so funny um I, should I bother doing a synopsis I don't think so I think our 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 fans have um, pretty much memorized that memorized this yeah. I know and I I felt like. I, I I really wrestled with picking this for that reason, but no, it's, it's a great, such a great, great dream, dream sequence. They start great... chasing you with the pink scissors. Yes, yes, and the fantastic Busby Berkeley aspect of it, and yeah, oh, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. Oh my god, and Ben Gazzara as as Jackie Treehorn. Yes. So funny. He just like goes over and pretends to take a call and draws a dick. <laughs> Part of my language, sorry. The FCC has nothing to do with it. And also, just a completely random, but it's an opportunity to plug. There's, there's a, a Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings did an amazing version of um, that song. Really? Yeah. They also do the definitive version of This Land is Your Land, which. Um, oh, yes. That is fly as fuck. I love that. Yes. yes. They're so good. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, cool. What's, um, what is next? Okay, so next, uh, I got a couple more. I, I, how many picks do I have left? Um, two? Two, or two? Two or three. Two or three? Okay, so... No, it's, no um, keeping track. I'm going <laughs> to... That's nice. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Fletch, the dream sequence from Fletch where he's playing basketball. He has a dream that he's a pro basketball player for the Lakers. I don't think Fletch has ever come up. But, but, no, uh, I, don't, I don't remember that scene. One of my uh, favorite comedies. Chevy Chase is at his absolute best in this movie. All the characters he plays, he has that kind of that kind of laissez-faire cocksureness that was like him and Bill Murray and a lot of those right. comedian guys there, yeah. had. And man, I'll be damned if it isn't extremely charming 
and hilarious and completely works. Um, I, I have to go back. I was I was a gigantic fan, fan of um, uh, Gregory McDonald's books uh, that, that it's ostensibly based on and was yes. so excited that they were going to make a movie. And there's this moment where I was like, Chevy Chase? Okay, well, sure. Yeah, if they do a sort of, if it's a straight film and he's being straight but funny, I'm, and then I go and it's this raucous comedy. And, yeah. and I was so offended as a purist and I've never gone back and I need to because I know people love the movie. <laughs> And it is its own thing. It's got no, you know, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, fam- I know that it is a book, but I have not, I haven't read the book. So seeing that. it without that. Yeah. yeah it's right. very, very funny. And his dream is to like be Larry Bird. Oh, right. No, I actually remember that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just, it's just one of those really excellent, like really silly dream sequences, you know, that oh, actually a lot of movies kind of borrowed from after that. Mm-hmm. that kind of gag yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah moving right along uh another comedy one of my favorites i have to pick it i'm so sorry because it has such an amazing amazing dream sequence in it uh the burbs ah. <laughs> i love the dream and that is so funny i've seen that when they put <laughs> yeah i'm sorry when they put it on a giant barbecue oh my god Oh, that's one of my, I mean, that's also like a big childhood movie, but it's like one of my favorite movies. It's so hilarious. If you get the, uh, I think the Shout Factory Blu-ray has Mm -hmm. the the work print of the movie on. And it's got, uh, and the dream sequence is longer, of course, because there was was more of it. Um, and, And Tom Hanks had been coming up with a reason why his character wasn't going to work and it was because we, we all decided it was a writer's strike so we were kind of making a lot of stuff up as we went along right and so we decided that he had been he lost his job and he didn't want to tell his wife and so one of the scenes that got cut out of the dream sequence is his boss played by kevin mccarthy shows up uh to sort of chide him about the fact that he's lost his job and um eventually we took that subplot out so but there's a, there's a whole bunch of extra stuff in the uh, in that in that footage of, of the dream it was a much longer dream yeah oh god okay well i, I have to check that out then because it's so oh i'm i actually i'm gonna make sorry i'm gonna it's on the british uh is it the arrow did arrow do it arrow, or that's arrow, what i got yeah arrow it's okay too. it's on there too okay i know i noticed you said you bought the british version of out of um another woman uh is it not out on there's American. not an American Blu-ray. There's not. Does really? not seem to be. Yeah. Huh. I, again, I was trying to host a podcast while I was doing this, so I may not have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Never stopped you. I was before. like, I was talking. I'm going to look up this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Terror. I should never have admitted that. I really do. I normally do early on. I, I was doing that, Alex, and then it sort of hit me like, I am going to listen to this episode again before it goes out. So I, right. I don't need to be writing down things people say. But... <laughs> Every now and then one jumps out and it's like, oh yeah, I really, I need to put that down. Oh yeah, no, I, I think that's great. I, I, I think that's a very good choice. Yes. Yeah. So what's next? Um, so uh, this last one. How do you top that? How do you top uh, David Lynch and, and the host of the show here? She'll do it. We'll, we'll find out. She'll do it. Here it comes. Here we go. Uh, this is literally the whole movie is a series of dream sequences 
Uh, it's a little-known movie called Akira Kurosawa's Dreams. Ah, well, there, that's a cheat. And, uh, Who's cheating? She's cheating. She's cheating. She just Googled <laughs> dreams and movies. Uh, <laughs> it's, man, like, Kurosawa in color is a very special thing indeed yeah, because yeah. I grew up watching his samurai movies because my dad was a huge fan. And I just loved the the quality, uh, the way it almost looked like it was it was made it with charcoal or something like that. The, the the quality that his black and white films have, it or, or like Japanese calligraphy is like painted this whole scene. And actually, side note, I'm playing this game on PS4 called Ghost of Tsushima. In future, you too. Are you in chapter three yet? Not yet. I just started it. Oh. I got it as a birthday present, and it has Kurosawa mode. Oh. With, <laughs> and you and the whole thing turns into like a black and white Kurosawa, and it looks so exactly like it. But it's really this is the most hard gorgeous to video game I've ever game. seen in my life. And this yeah. is the good news or the bad news. It's really long. Yes, it is very very. And there's an there's an add-on that you can get about this like feudal Japanese myth that you automatically are entitled to if you already own Ghost of Tsushima. It's like a free add-on for fans. Oh no. Yeah, oh, it's a no. PVP. Oh, I told them. Sorry. Yeah, it's a stunning game. It's, it's just it absolutely is gorgeous. It's beautiful. The most, and it is, it is complicated. I mean, those are some of the most complicated controls that I've that I've played with yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I also find that that uh, we're going we're to lose Joe any minute. The look at his face. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's, there are moments, th- things happen, and every now and then, and I'm sitting there, and I, people have said this for years, and I always laugh at them, and and I have an emotional reaction to one or two of the deaths of this thing. Like, yes. No. Totally. Especially, yeah, all like I would the, say is you, you will be faced with a point where you're going to have to do something terrible to somebody you care about. And it's just going <laughs> to. I'm sure. I mean, because with all the choices they have you make, I'm sure they're gearing up to something like that. So Yes. yes. Ah, geez Louise. Not everybody knows how to walk the path of the samurai, right? and they have to be. It's just. Yeah. It is. It is really <laughs> spellbinding. But. Akira, Akira Kurosawa's dreams is in color, and mm. he is just as capable in color as he is with black and white. I mean, in in a completely different way. I mean, to the point that it almost feels like his filmmaking approach changes in color. If that makes any sense, like they're like uh, in the peach orchard where Mm -hmm. all the ancestors come to life in the peach orchard, the way it's filmed, it's almost done like, like he's filming like a Japanese puppet show or something it's really mm-hmm. but then later when it's you know all those guys in that blizzard trying to like get through the snow and survive the storm it's filmed totally differently and it's really visceral and you feel the chill and and then the one with the spirits and the tunnel i mean it's it, they're all so and the one with vincent van gogh is filmed as if it is a biopic or something it, Oh so much variety. Yeah, it's been so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember being really cool. um, seeing seeing Ron in theaters when it came out. And oh just, my god! I mean, it's now it's a cliche. People say this, but but the the thought, unironically, to add was like you could take literally any frame of this and hang it in a museum. I mean, it's yes. so gorgeous. Just the, oh, his use of yeah. color in that is so masterful. Yeah. Oh my god! 
Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, love that guy. I well, I think that's fair, Joe. You don't feel slighted by them, by that, do you? By the fact by that what? that Kurosawa topped you and David Lynch. Uh, well, these aren't in. These are. I didn't put these uh, in duh. order. No, I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> Josh. I'm trying to start some shit. Let's get a beef going. We haven't had a beef on this show. I hear that's how you get the listeners. Is yeah, right. Then you'll like find me on all the time yeah. to fight with you guys. That's yeah, right. I'll I'll just I'll just a dead master. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Dante Curacao is a fraud. Wow, really, Joe? Is that the hill you want to die? Well, okay, I guess. So. Well, all right. I guess we're gonna get into it. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, those are those are fantastic, Alex. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I was really excited for this. No, that's a great, yeah, to talk a great this. theme too, and sort of appropriate for. Of course, maybe this is all a dream that we'll wake up from. Well, Alex, we hope that we hope that yes, we hope we wake up from it, and when we do, yeah. uh, we could actually have an actual uh, in person podcast instead yeah of i would it. love that that would be yeah. fantastic at, at okay. any time this is so I'm much fun. in our studio when we're doing that again but um yeah. lovely lovely to see you um outside Sorry of death of me you. do you have anything we should be plugging that's uh, about to emerge in the world or yeah um well so there's death of me and then there is a bligh coming out yeah. um there's a movie that I uh, wrote and produced and star in called Home Record that kind of made the festival rounds last year. And um, it's it's just myself and one other actress. Uh, her name is Precious Chong. She's Tommy Chong's daughter. And wow. it's kind of like this really dark uh, kind of experimental comedy. With only two people in it? It sounds like a COVID movie. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's pre-COVID too. That's what's so crazy. <laughs> Wow. But can, it is, can, it's can very claustrophobic. It's just her and I in the house mostly fighting each other. Where would where would we go to see this? Um, it is streaming right now. So oh, I think okay. it's on like iTunes and who maybe who? Okay. Almost. I have a list somewhere I can find. I really should be better at this stuff. I'm no, I'm no, no, it's okay. Home record. We'll so bad at promoting <laughs> things. Um, as I was saying, as, as when this comes out, uh, Death of Me will be out, which, by the way, has some uh, dream sequences in it as well. Its own self, yeah. Yes. More in the kind, yeah. What are they? Well, it's kind of like that serpent in the rainbow thing. Where yeah. It's, you know, what is it? That's a perfect analogy. That's, that's, I kept trying to think of like, what is this sort of, in that good way, where you're sort of like, what in is good, this? Yeah, it is yeah, kind of like that and like elements yeah. of, of Wicker Man. Yeah, very much. The so. 1973 Wicker. Good one. I, there sure is I no say. other one. We don't acknowledge. There is no. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. Well, thanks, Alex. Yes. Thank well, you, guys thank so, you much. so much. We will yeah, see you in our dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm honored. Thank you. This was so much fun, you guys. Thanks so much for having me. A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman tiptoes to my room every night. Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper, go to sleep, everything is all right. I close my eyes, then I drift away into the magic night I softly say. 
Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. Stay safe out there, folks. With you. It is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.